0: Here we go. Money
1: talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money,
0: money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. <laughs> ching, ching, bling, bling, cut the chatter. You ain't talking money, then you're talking no matter. Ching, ching, bling, bling, pockets. take the dollar, dollar, can a
1: damn soul stop. Vegas, man. <laughs> So real quickly, just want to recap Friday because there was a couple of really great conference championship games. The first one started at seven there between West Kentucky and UTSA. The Roadrunners found a way to get it done. They had got up to a 28-13 lead in the first half and then scored two touchdowns in the first five minutes of the third quarter, making it 42-13. Then old Bailey Zapp started slinging it around the yard for the Hilltoppers. And uh, almost pulled them all the way back into that football game. He threw for 577 yards and four touchdown passes. But McCormick in the roadrunner rushing game was a little too much. He ran for 204 yards and three tutties. Uh, Cheese and Frank Harris made big plays with his feet and his ability to throw the football for 218 yards and two touchdowns. It was a heck of a football game. Points galore in that one. And um, ended up being a situation where West Kentucky ran out of time, but UTSA was just more physical up front, and they kind of took it to West Kentucky defensively. You kind of saw some sides of that in the Marshall game. The line in this one was the Roadrunners a plus three in the hook, and the total was 74.5. So you got that total about 11 minutes to go. In UTSA, the dog was pretty comfortably ahead most of the night. Much better than the Pac-12 game out there in the Death Star out in Vegas. Utah absolutely curb stomps Oregon for a second time in 13 days. They beat them 38-7 to uh, on November 13th, and then now again, 13 days later, they beat them 38-10 to tonight. They beat them 38-7 back on November 20th in Utah. Same script almost, really. Utah just kind of used utilized a, a pounding run game, got out early in both games, and then a pick six there for Utah was real big to make it 14-nothing. They end up scoring nine points in, in a span of 30 seconds to end the half, making it 23-nothing. Oregon missed a field goal in that stretch. They gave get a field goal to start the third quarter. But then Utah just continued to pound away and play great defense. They book in the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter with two touchdown runs, one from T.J. Pledger, one from Tavion Thomas, making it 38-3, and there was no doubt about it. Utah, with Cal Whittingham, wins their first Pac-12 championship, gets a big-time win, 10-3. The youth will move up significantly in the poll. They're going to be Rose Bowl bound more than likely playing Ohio State the the number in this game was Utah minus 3 and they had that the whole way and the total was 57 the hooks if you took the under you were looking good there pretty much the entire night not even a sweat and really you obviously didn't sweat out with the Utes either if you parlayed them together the Utes and the under you're feeling real good as your boy was so um, thanks for listening to the little recap on Friday and now we're going to get back to me and CJ breaking down the slate one Saturday afternoon let's go We have arrived my friend we have arrived the final weekend of the season they remember November but you play for championships in December and uh, we've got a full slate of them to break down man Uh, like we said though not as many as we're used to breaking down so this is going to be a no huddle excursion we might get a little more in depth than we normally do in some of these things but man Great weekend of college football ahead of us, brother. You ready?
0: Oh yeah, I'm ready. This is uh, kind of the weekend, Joey. You kind of get geared up for it. At the beginning of the year, um, sad that it's coming to an end, but uh, still pretty, still pretty geeked up for some of these matchups.
1: I mean, you circle it, uh, you get ready for it. You kind of know in the back of your head you want to have, you want to be playing this weekend, and. Um, Unfortunately, you know, some of our teams aren't, but there's a lot of good matchups this weekend. So, CJ, after Friday night, we get the championship Saturday. And, uh, man, there's only, I believe, eight games on the day. You got two at noon. You've got essentially four in the middle of the day at the window there between 3 and 4 o'clock in their kicks. Then you've got two night games at 8 o'clock. And then if you want to include it, which I know we'll still probably watch, and, you know, I'll go ahead and say let's get that one out of the way now. 11 p.m. kick out in Berkeley, the 4-7 and bowl between USC and Cal. Cal's a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll go ahead and tell you this right now. I don't want to bet bet that game, but – if I were to take a number, I might take Cal minus four and a half. Hopefully, I'm already just kind of happy about my winnings from the day, and not have to worry about that one.
0: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Um, you know, in all honesty, I kind of thinking about this one. I kind of don't like, think
1: don't think too hard on it.
0: Buddy. Well, I'm not thinking too hard on it. If I had to lean one way or the other, I'd almost, I'd lean USC plus the points. And here's no reason. Guys that are going to be coming back next year, you know who your head coach is. This is an opportunity for a guy who's not been with your program to kind of go out there and try and show out a little bit, you know, try and impress Lincoln Riley as, you know, he'll more than likely be in attendance, obviously won't be on the sidelines, won't be calling plays, won't be coaching, but it's an opportunity for you to live in front of him maybe kind of kind of show up and prove hey you know we deserve to be here because there's gonna be a lot of change going on uh with him his staff players coming in you know and if nothing else maybe an opportunity to put some additional stuff on tape if you if guys choose to hit the portal so
1: i mean yeah cj that's a that's a very good point i didn't think about that with usc that that little carrot of knowing who your head coach is And then being able like, you know what, man, I want to impress Lincoln tonight. So I next year get to fight on in the Coliseum for him, as opposed to maybe him thinking about getting other guys. Whereas Cal, you know, yeah, they're playing at home. But Papa Wilcox, this same thing. You know, what do they really gain out of winning this to go to five and seven? That's a very good point, CJ. Didn't think about it that way. Um, but the only reason we were talking about this is because it's on Saturday. There's not that many games. And it's going to be on FS1. So when you're done kind of listening to the – or can't take enough, any more people lobbying to be in the playoff on SVP Saturday <laughs> night, you can go over <laughs> to FS1 and watch a little more football. But let's get to the games that matter. Okay. CJ, the first nooner. Which one do you want to talk about, buddy? There's two of them. Do we want to talk about the one that truly matters for the playoff, or do we want to get into a little maction on a Saturday afternoon?
0: You know, I, I I want to go to the game that matters, the one people, oh, people can be disappointed in. Me, to.
1: CJ, you disappoint me that you want to go there first. I want to talk maction well, first.
0: Okay, well, I mean we can go we can go Max, cuz we'll get <laughs> into depth on that Big 12. I mean, I know which one I'm going to be watching.
1: No, oh, I'm going to flip over to the Northern Illinois and Kent State game.
0: Yeah, um You can get I a will... ticket
1: for 4 bucks if you want.
0: Yeah, I'm going to tell you this right now. I will catch the highlights at the halftime.
1: You won't even flip over.
0: Probably not. No.
1: Oh, come on, CJ. The flashes in the Northern Illinois Huskies? From Ford Field, I've had a lot of good memories in Ford Field in my life, man. Um, actually, no, I haven't. That's in Pontiac Silverdome. Excuse me. The city of Detroit used to be kind of the the place where the herd would kind of dominate bowl season. Um, Man, it, that'll be a fun game. It, I mean, it,
0: yeah, I know. But can we just – this is no shots intended, but that 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 that's a loser town at this
1: point. Oh, Detroit? Yeah. Hey, you know why? Hobby Baez is going there.
0: Well, it's not just that. I mean, the the football team's just god awful. Hey, hey, they have a
1: tie. They tied the Steelers.
0: Yeah, this is true. But they got a head coach who's starting to look like a president after eight years. I mean, my God,
1: or Joe Biden. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so CJ, I will. I do want to bring this up real quickly here. Um, Northern Illinois is all year has kind of been playing with 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 house money, and, and ever since they beat Georgia Tech, right? Um they're eight and four. They ended up winning the West Division. Rocky Lombardi transferred from Michigan State. They've been an interesting team. Um six and two in the conference. Kent State offensively though, with with Dax Crumb at quarterback, is is on a different level. Coach Lewis there, uh probably the best beard in college football. Won't get to wear the toboggan inside. Man, that's an explosive offense there, Kent has. It's totally two contrasting styles, but yet both teams this year – it's kind of funny, CJ. In a conference championship game, both of these teams give up more points a game than they score. That has got to be one of the first times it's ever happened in the history of championship weekend.
0: Yeah, it's got to be because, I mean, both defenses are bad. Um You know, and I mean, are you
1: struggling for additives, buddy?
0: Yeah, I am because they're they're atrocious. They're horrible. We'll we'll borrow the Chuck Barkley phrase. Terrible.
1: That's terrible.
0: Horrible. Just horrible. I mean, this thing was fifty two forty seven when they met at the beginning of November. I expect something pretty similar to that. Um, I'm hammering the over on this thing. Huge
1: seventy four in the hook. They're gonna be inside on turf. I can't see that CJ.
0: This things will be closer to 90.
1: You're probably right. You're probably right. um because neither team can really stop the run. both these teams run the football. Well, it comes down to turnovers. Kent State is a three and a half point favorite. I think I lean with them because I think Cooper their running back is just extremely explosive. Um I can really make it happen. He had 126 against my Ohio and that overtime win to get him to that game had 135, had 173 last time against Northern Illinois on a Wednesday to start off from action. Um, I think he's just a little more explosive than a uh, Jay Ducker there for, uh, for Northern. Although Jay Ducker has ran for over a hundred yards in uh four of his last five games and has ran for 155 and 183 in a couple of those. So I think in the end, though, man, I look at the ability. Both these quarterbacks can run the ball, too. It's one when, it's when you want to turn one. Let's put it that way. This will be the total opposite of what we're going to see in the next game we talk about in the Big 12. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be offensive football, Um It'd be interesting to see kind of, you know, as the TV numbers come out, you know, really what this one ends up with, um, especially given what's, what's going to be going on at the same time.
1: Yep. And let's talk about what's going on at the same time, CJ. I, I, I know I, I, I gave you the option and then I told you we're talking action first, but let's talk about the big 12. Oh, by the way, the Mac championship is brought to you by rocket mortgage. Also a, uh, Favorite of uh, our boy Bryson DeChambeau, and they seem to be really big up in Detroit Rocket Mortgages. But let's get to the Dr Pepper Big Twelve Title Game. It's Division I football. It's the Big Twelve. Here- I might drink me about fifteen Dr Peppers uh, Saturday with all these with all this man. It's gonna it's gonna be on my brain. Uh, drinking Dr Pepper, um, <laughs> Oklahoma State five and a half point favorite. Totals 46 in the hook. Baylor, we're still kind of questioning what's going to be happening with Jerry Bohannon, a quarterback. Oklahoma State's relatively healthy and coming off, you know, probably one of the biggest wins in school history, beating uh, a, a once-coached Lincoln Riley Oklahoma team in Bedlam in comeback fashion. Maybe the game that drove him to USC officially. What are your thoughts, buddy?
0: Yeah, this would be tough. Um, a lot of it kind
1: of – it
0: has to deal with, with Bohannon, you know, um, last report that came out is they're still not sure whether or not he's going to play or not. Uh, To me, that's a huge blow for Baylor. If he doesn't play Um, uh, that, that's a massive blow. If he does not play the, and there is kind of one wariness I have in this game for Oklahoma state. And I, and I like Oklahoma state to, to win the big 12 title, but and it and it's a theme you're gonna hear in another game that we'll get to in a little bit, but you you talked about it. They come off the big win um, in Bedlam. Um, had been been about a handful of years since they had won that game, the way they wanted at home. You worry maybe about a little bit of a letdown. Granted, I know they still have I a ton just to play for, man. But I, you just I, sometimes I just <clears throat> sometimes I just wonder about those kind of things because of what that game means to that program to those kids. Like, I get it, but sometimes I think it can happen. I don't think it does here because you know they still have a ton left to play for. If you win, you're in the playoff. Like because. Well, well it, it, more well, than likely, more than likely you're in, and and you get to twelve and one, which I think it's beginning of the year. I don't know a whole lot of people had had Oklahoma State sitting at twelve and one and Big Twelve champs. So that's that's a fantastic job by Mike Gundy, coach I mean, of the year in the conference, well deserved.
1: Let's put it this way, CJ: twenty three to sixteen in the opener, twenty eight to twenty three versus toss in week two and 21-20 over Boise on the road, like, that was September. I don't think anybody was, like, saying this team's going to be in the playoff by the end of it. Man, did they turn it around, and that defense continued to gel together and got better and better each week. I will say one thing in what you said earlier, though. The the letdown factor (sighs) – while it, while I think you can say it's there because of what the what those wins mean to those programs, and I know what you're really you're hinting at here because you want to, you closet Ohio State venue. you, you want to continue to bash Michigan. It, it's killing you. It's killing. No, you. No, I know, no, it, no. Is. I it, know it, it, it
0: is. I know it's. It's not. It's just. It's one of those things that I look at because. But
1: man, CJ, timeout, buddy.
0: Because we've seen it happen but, to other teams. Yeah. We've seen it happen when, but, in but, those kind of in those big, in those it, rivalry it, no. games that matter. But,
1: but 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 not the next week when the when when you're literally playing for an opportunity to be one of the best four teams in the country and playing for a championship in your conference it does not happen the next week, buddy. I'm sorry. The, 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 I, that I that think that that there is too much of a of a motivational ploy and factor for those guys not to be fired up and ready to play this week. Now might they be a, a touch flat early potentially because these are big games and teams get butterflies. Hell yes, but it's not because they won a big game the week before.
0: Well, but here's the thing, though. It's not just that it's it's a big game. Like, because to me, there's a difference between a big game and a rivalry of that magnitude. (sighs) When you talk about those kind of things, those games that you circle and it's the last game of the year – those are the ones that I tend to the next week give a little bit of pause to. I'm not saying it's enough to flip me, even if Bohannon plays. But what I'm saying is, is those are things that I pay attention to because I've seen it happen to teams like Florida, Auburn. Like you win those big rivalry games that matter. It, it can there be a little bit of a hangover effect, and the and the scary thing is, is it's not like you're rolling in there and playing. Somebody that if you kind of have a flat half, you can survive it. Baylor's a damn good football team.
1: Oh, without with question. I mean, a lot of people. And, I mean, if, if Baylor doesn't lose the game to TCU somehow with Morris just going crazy,
0: then this thing's probably a top six matchup. So yeah. So I mean, I, that those are things that I just I I, I tend to pause and look at and, and wonder now. The difference is is Oklahoma is a very senior laden team. I think that helps. You've got a guy in Gundy who's been through the ropes. You know, he's one of the top ten tenured coaches in in the country. Uh like, he
1: is he is tied with our boy Cat Whittingham for number yeah. two. So. so
0: So I I think that helps. But also though, biz let's say you come out a little flat, Baylor jumps out big. This Oklahoma state offense really outside of one one game not counting and I'm not counting Kansas cuz it's Kansas has it shown you a ton of explosiveness offensively
1: hey, and CJ while that is fair to say they haven't shown you a ton of explosively offensively ah, man
0: they, I'm not sure they're built I'm not to, sure they have to come back from right but I'm not sure
1: Baylor bay. is built to go and jump out on a big either so I think that's one thing that that analogy kind of it loses me a little bit there because they're not a team that's going to go out and boat ratio baylor is so i think that's something you got to think about there
0: i don't i i don't i i don't know um we're talking about the same baylor team that boat raced us
1: <laughs> oklahoma state ain't us buddy let's just be mm-hmm. quite honest about that and us is west virginia for those that that are new um to this thing also this is, a, this is a championship game. You know, you're playing, in, you're playing down in Jerry World. Uh, there's going to be bright lights. And, and, man, I think it comes down to this. You also have a potentially a freshman quarterback in Blake Shapin out there trying to make plays against that Oklahoma State defense.
0: Yeah, if it's that's if not Bohanan Yeah, if they, they, will, they doesn't will not play this thing could get ugly absolutely for they um, here's the and thing, I don't CJ. even and, and I don't necessarily think even Bohannon makes Here. that big of a difference because of how bad he's played down. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. He makes a huge difference in this game because well, I think, A, he has seen this yeah. defense before CJ.
0: And Shapin and Shapen his...
1: hasn't. Shapen just did just barely got twenty four Shape he makes a huge difference. Shapen had twenty seven points against Texas Tech at home got 20, I mean, in a game where he had to come in and, and help out against Kansas State. Bohannon saw this defense before. Shaping against this defense, not seeing it, that's a huge difference, man. Could not disagree more with you on that take, buddy.
0: Well, I mean, here's what I'm saying, though. If you look at Bohannon over the last four or five games, he started to turn the ball over a little more. Like, it, it's he's he's really starting to leak oil. That's why I'm, I, he makes a difference. But I don't know if he's enough of a difference to win it. Well, now, let me granted, say this: If you think, think if you think Chapin, raised- hold on,
1: hold on, CJ, if you think Bohan's not enough difference to win it, then you think Shapin's enough difference for him to win it. I, I, I can't go there with you, man. Well, no, I mean, what I'm in is the, the end, uh, Bohannon's enough to keep
0: Bohannon. this thing. It, enough to keep this thing interesting.
1: Bohannon can run the football too, though and cannot. And that's the difference. If they lose the ability for the quarterback to run the football too, that's, that's going to be the end of it for Baylor. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong.
0: Probably, but nobody runs the ball in Oklahoma state.
1: No, they don't. And Baylor tried last time. And, and if they're going to win, Abraham Smith has to have a huge day on the ground and he can, but I also don't see that happening. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think in the end – and, CJ, let's kind of real quickly here while we're still on this game. I think we need to go back and kind of take a peek back to this game back on the beginning of October, right, when these two teams met in Stillwater, you know, the first week in October. Oklahoma State with a 24-14 to win. They punched in a late touchdown – um, Spencer Sanders had three interceptions, thirteen to twenty-three for one eighty-two. Bohan was thirteen to twenty-seven for one seventy-three. Both teams trying to ground and pound. You know, you literally were. It was a it was a fourteen nothing Oklahoma State game in the first half. Bohan ended up getting a touchdown to make it fourteen to seventeen. CJ um, with about twelve minutes to go, and then finally they got that late tackle on touchdown with about two minutes to kind of you know seal the deal. Both those teams played an extremely good game defensively in that game. Um, Oklahoma State, though, did have 401 total yards, and they ran the ball 59 times for 219, whereas Baylor ran it 29 for 107.
0: Three turnovers for
1: Oklahoma State in that game, too. They dominated time of possession. Yeah, and they still dominated. The I mean, yeah, I mean
0: they 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 dominated yards, dominated times of possession, dominated first
1: downs. Like Bailey was three fifteen those... on third downs. Shapen's not. I mean, Shapen could do better than that, maybe, but Shapen's not going to do much better than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you take out those three turnovers. I don't think the game's that close.
1: hundred uh, percent agree. And, and
0: that to me is going to end up being the difference. Is I don't necessarily see for, see a, a a three turnover game for Oklahoma State with no turnovers from Baylor in this one. To me, I could see probably both teams turn it over maybe once. You know, a little early jitters type thing. But I
1: I, 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 I just I I'll if, disagree if, with if, you if, on that. I think Baylor might turn it over a couple times because of that Oklahoma State defense. And if Bohannon doesn't play, or if he does, either way there's potential for turnover for turnover proneness there from Baylor, unless they literally go into a shell, which then is even worse for them because then Oklahoma state pins ears back. And we see when teams kind of don't have a lot of offensive capability, what they can do just by what they did in Morgantown that Saturday, you know, gave up 135 yards total offense. Like it's one of those things, man, where
0: correct. But this is also leaning back towards me where I'm saying, I don't think Bohanna makes that big of a difference. Well, because they were thoroughly uh, and, and no, dominated no, no in every statistical. Brother,
1: but 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 your take on Bohanna not making a difference, I think, is one of the worst takes you've had all year.
0: Dude, they were completely dominated in every statistical category in this thing,
1: and and that's fine. But he is he is the team leader. He is the guy that's led them essentially to this point in the season with Abraham Smith and that defense. Him not being on the field is a huge deal in this football game. The bright lights of a Big Twelve championship game for a kid who's a freshman. Come on, CJ. Come on now, man. I mean, and facing this defense, that's okay. A so let me, huge, okay. Huge okay. deal, man. Okay, so let me ask you this:
0: Does him playing change whether or not you take Oklahoma State plus minus five and a half?
1: It doesn't matter either way. But I think okay, with him, then. Baylor so has a you're chance. You're telling me okay, with Baylor, you... with him, Baylor can maybe keep this game within ten to fourteen. I think without him, I think Oklahoma State may may name the score in this thing. Might win Shit, they're like, gonna name the score anyhow. I think you might be right, even with two top ten teams, which which I think Baylor defensively is gonna do a good job anyway. So naming the score is probably the wrong thing to say here. Like, and, and we're kind of arguing on what does Bohanna make a difference? I mean, he obviously does. He obviously does. I think I love the under. I think we both love the under. I think we oh, both yeah, love yeah, the yeah, Cowboys yeah. to win this thing by more than five in the hook. So we're essentially arguing here. <laughs> Does Oklahoma State win this thing like twenty-seven to three, or do they win it like twenty-four to fourteen? I tend to lean to the first. I think you're right, especially with shape and a quarterback.
0: I I, I lean twenty seven three type of game, regardless of who's under center.
1: Uh, and on that note, we'll have to move on because I, I We've we've already we've already beat the we've already beat old Jerry Bohannon to death here, CJ. Um, yeah, I, I and I'll say this real quick: Oklahoma State I think will make a statement to the country when on, on Saturday at noon and kind of kind of plant their flag. Well, in, it's not the uh, country
0: they need to make a statement to; it's the committee.
1: Well, you're right, but I think they'll make a statement to the committee and the country that they are a team worthy of being in the top four.
0: Uh, look at you with the alliteration and the double C's.
1: Oh man. You know, Hey, we <laughs> we do, what we can um, CJ, let's get, let's get into some three o'clockers here. Now I do want to real quick hit on the, the two games that don't have playoff implications first. Okay. Yep. Mount West championship game. Uh, no, no sponsor by the way, for them. Shame on the Mount West. for not getting a sponsor there, nor does the Sunbelt have a sponsor for their game. A little disappointed by that. But anyway, Utah State found a way to get in because San Diego State found a way to get in beating Boise. you got a 9-3 Utah State team, coached by Coach Anderson, doing a really good turnaround year this year. Luke Bonner, quarterback, pretty good, facing the 11-1 San Diego State Aztecs, which def- has been one of the best defensive teams all season. That game is going to be played out in San Diego State's home away from home this year, the soccer stadium. Uh, for the LA Galaxy in Carson, California. 55 degrees, the temp, little three o'clock game on Fox, CJ. What are you thinking there?
0: Yeah, this one's kind of a tough one. Um, you know, because Utah State's been kind of an interesting team all year. Um, you know, we're playing really, really well down the stretch, you know, four and one in their last five. Um, you know, San Diego State, same, you know, when in their last four I, this one's going to be interesting cuz i think this one's going to be who who really can dominate their will you know san diego state wants to run the ball um time of possession limit possessions um utah state wants to throw it all over the place Th- this one's going to be interesting if san diego state can play this kind of at their pace Ground pound, run it. Control the tempo, if you will. I I see them winning it. Um, but if Utah State's able to kind of maybe make this thing a little bit of a track meet where they're throwing it around a bunch, uh, they're gonna give themselves a puncher's chance. Um, but San Diego State defensively this year has just been so good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with uh the eleven and one Aztecs.
1: CJ, I think you're right, man. I will say this in this game. Um, Utah State with Bonner, I mean, kid kid does have an ability to to chuck it around a little bit. But I think when I look at Utah State and, and I look at this game in general, I think is Utah State and Bonner better or worse than some of these other quarterbacks that San Diego State's kind of shut down, right? People love Carson Strong. Now, he had a good game against San Diego State. I mean, he threw for three hundred and fifty and three TDs, but he still lost. Hayner did beat him from with Fresno, right? But and see, last Friday, man, San Diego State impressed me so much in that win that they had against Boise. They were down sixteen to three about middle of the second quarter, and then just absolutely put the kibosh on Boise State And in a Boise State team that was trying to make something happen. And they just absolutely did not let anything, you know, materialize. The rest of the game knocked out Bachmeier, um, and and dominated for the for the last two and a half quarters of the football game. Didn't allow them to score again. So I mean, as good as Utah State is offensively, I think San Diego State is just that good defensively. Utah State likes to run the football. Some, I mean, they average 153 yards a game to go along with that 304 through the air. And San Diego State only allows 78.7, man. I just – I look at them and and I say to myself, man, San Diego State with Brookshire now playing a quarterback and playing well, coming in, in relief of Thomas. They've got two quarterbacks they kind of trust a little bit. I will say this. I think San Diego State's going to have to find a way to shut down the, the big play of Devin Tompkins, the receiver there from – Utah State, who has 87 catches on the season, over 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns. If they eliminate him, make Luke Bonner have to scan the field to find other guys against that San Diego State pass rush, I think the Aztec might win this thing by a lot more than the six that they're giving right now. The total of 52, CJ, by the way, in this one, I like the under as well in this championship game. I'm thinking San Diego State wins this thing like 30-17 to potentially.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like where you're at. I think it's going to be a little closer than that. Um, I think they they they've got the opportunity to cover. The one thing that kind of I think gives Utah kind of that puncher's chance mentality. You look at San Diego State's one loss on the year. It's at Fresno State, right? Kind of similar, right? Jake Kanner yep. throws the ball a ton. They were able to because he could because he was so good throwing the ball, and they were able to you know really kind of push them back a little bit, Mm -hmm. able to open up that run game. Mims ran for almost, you know, 190. So I I think if Utah State can kind of follow that model a little bit, they're going to give themselves an opportunity and a chance. But But I don't see Utah State being able to get, you know, two, three, four stops to start the game to let you get out to that, 17, 21 point advantage and really kind of force the Aztecs out of what they want to do.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that, CJ. I will say this though, too, in for Utah state in this game, their defense is a lot better. I think than what that point per game average is, because if you look at their losses, like a weird one to Wyoming where Wyoming kind of even going on the road, Wyoming found a way to kind of, kind of bully them. But that also gives me concern, right? Because if Wyoming bullied you, what do I think San Diego State could do to you? I think they could bully you too, right? I think that that ends up being the the difference, CJ. San Diego State um, having that ability to kind of dictate their game and bully down Utah State, I think in the end, is the difference in this game. I will say this too, though, real quick. I do want to see what ends up happening for San Diego State at quarterback. Because – Lucas Johnson came in and had been doing extremely well, right? But he got hurt in that game. And then Brookshire's the guy who comes in against Boise and gets it done. So, like, it's nice to know you have that option. But the not having a solid number one kind of is a little bit like it's – it's it just makes you kind of go, eh, you know? Because I would like to know who my guy is coming into that game. But if they are interchangeable – then does it really matter because it's all about defense and run game anyway for San Diego State. So, you know, and I do say this, San Diego State's able to run the football for 178 a game. Utah State gives up 164. So you think that'll be there, and then the defense does what they do. Obviously, if Bonner doesn't turn over the football, he gives them a much better chance. If he does, absolutely zero chance that the Aztecs lose. Yeah, I'd agree with that. CJ, let's get to the other 3.30 contests there. Well, the 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 3.30 contest. This one's at three, actually. 3.30 on ESPN. I'm going to be looking at this one, despite what else is on. App State and Louisiana, Billy Napier's uh, kind of final swan song there, right? From Cajun Field, going to be about 71 down there in Lafayette. App State, however, though, is a three-point favorite on the road against the raging Cajuns total sits at 53 CJ. Um, both these teams are able to run the football. Both these teams defensively are pretty stout. Um, Utah's uh, app state's a little more stout against the run than Louisiana this year. Louisiana has ran the table and won 11 straight games since that opening game loss to Texas. I bet you they wish they could play them now. Right. Um, and App State's been very good as well, um, not not having lost the game since that loss back on a Tuesday night on the road to Louisiana. So uh, what are your thoughts here, CJ, on that one? I'm real excited for this game uh, down there at Cajun Field. Yeah, I, I'm excited
0: too. Um, obviously, we'll start with this one, and then I'll flip over to, to the one we'll get to here in a second. But... Um, is it official? Napier's gonna coach in the game.
1: You know, CJ. I wish I wish I knew. I I wish I knew. I'm. I'll I'll try and find that out here real quick. Um, yeah,
0: because I was kind of looking to see because it's kind of unusual. I mean, if I've, to me,
1: I feel like he would coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. But you know, sometimes with or with the early signing period and all of that crap. Now it, it's it's really kind of changed how how all this happens. Unfortunately,
1: but. He is scheduled to be introduced as the Florida head coach on Sunday, so before he does his last Gator Chomp, he's going to try and win a uh, Sun Belt championship.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, and to me, you just kind of kind of wonder: Do the kids down there want to send him out in style, or is it kind of uh, well? You know, he's leaving. What does it matter? Like, where's their I, mindset?
1: I, I think that I think it's definitely the first, not the latter. Because you yeah. got to think about it. It's Louisiana and how good they've been the last few years. And this game didn't get to play last year because of the COVID situation. So, Louisiana didn't even get a chance to play in the conference championship game against against Coastal last year, not App State. But Coastal, I mean, uh, Levi Lewis and those boys have, have, have ran the table all year since that Texas game. They want to prove to everybody that they're the best team in this league. And I think they will play hard for Coach Napier one more time.
0: Yeah, and and I and I think and it's Louisiana to
1: Florida too. It's not like Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU or Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for you know for for USC. It's it's Louisiana to Florida. That's a big difference.
0: Yeah, it is, and I mean, you know, and and I can understand the the other two on those, and that that's a conversation we can have in a different pod, but um i tend to agree with you on that one um i i do kind of like the 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 raging cajuns in this one as well um part of it for me uh simply is i I like app state i just don't know how much i can trust chase bryce sometimes um he he has moments where he looks like wow okay this is why this kid was highly recruited and there's other times it's like good God, what do people see in this kid? Um, you know, he, he has thrown
1: two interceptions in two of his last three games. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah, you got to kind of wonder on that one. Um, but to me, uh, in the Sun Belt, um you know, Louisiana has been the best team in the conference um all year. Um I, I expect them to want to. Like you said, they, they, they want to win a conference title. You know, they they kind of got screwed out of the opportunity last year to to go up against Coastal in a game that I think would have been just freaking fantastic. Um, you know, a lot a lot on the line for them. Um and, and you get to be at home to do it. So I think that's even kind of a more of a of a cool little thing for them to be able to cap off a twelve in one year and, and to do it at home. And, you know, kind of like you said, you know, since
1: Send him down to Gainesville with a dub, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, See, I will say in this contest, though, one thing that does concern me slightly for Louisiana, right, they do give up close to about 144 yards a game on the ground, right? And we know App State with the ability of Mr. Noel at running back. You know, it is is his time of year there. You know, old Nate Noel – and in, in App State, that, that's what they're about, right? I mean, they average about 190 yards a game on the ground. That would give me some concern if I'm Louisiana. Does does the kind of the, the, the App State attack running the football, is that able to just kind of ground them down? I mean, I know Cameron Peoples is a very, you know, has, has some explosive capability as well, although he's not been as prolific this season. Um but we know what App State's about, right? Coach Clark, you know, the GW um, alumnus there in our Charleston area there. Um, they love to run the football. They love to play good defense. Um, and I think they've just got a little bit of a way about them this year, App State does. By the way, CJ, little insider story here on App State, right? In that, in that upset they had against Coastal when Coastal was 14th in the country, you remember when they ran that one-side kick, right? Oh, yeah. Do you know that that was not called really that the young young man, the backup kicker from Charleston saw it in the formation and called it himself. That's insider information there, fellas. We know that Um, got some people that work with people that know his mother and uh, yeah, that was not supposed to happen. Might have might never have played ever again. Had that thing not gone the way of the Mountaineer in the black and gold variety. But they got it, and that extra possession ended up probably being the reason why they won this game, and probably the reason why they're playing in this championship on Saturday.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I mean you got to think so, and um, you know it—it's it, tough for me to kind of pick against a, a team nicknamed the Mountaineers, especially when they got a running back named Noel. But
1: <laughs> especially this time of year.
0: Yeah, but I—I I just it, it being.
1: Being it all comes. Louisiana, it all comes down to Napier, right? It all comes down to.
0: It, it comes down to Napier. It comes down to the fact that this thing's being played in Lafayette, not Boone. Like to me, though, those are the kind of the, the two big things, the two big hurdles uh, that App State's got to clear. And I just mm. that that's a tough that that's a tough ask.
1: It, it is a tough ask. You know, the other part of the, the hurdle that's interesting too, right? Is man, if, if you're telling me which quarterback do I trust to win the game, Levi Lewis or Chase Bryce... I don't think there's any question, C.J., who I want to have the ball with the chance to win it at the end, right?
0: Oh, I, I don't think there's any at it's,
1: all. It's Levi Lewis. I mean, his ability to, to make plays with his feet, although he hasn't ran for as many yards this year, C.J., as you'd think. Um, but he has thrown the ball pretty well. He just commands that offense, right? And they go as he goes, and they've been great all year. He hasn't made mistakes either with the football, only four interceptions. Uh, it's, that's a tough one, man. That's a real tough one. It, I, I love the over in this game, even with the defenses being as good as they are. 53, that just seems criminally low. Although I will say this too, I think this is a game you look at a teaser situation for sure, potentially with getting maybe Louisiana up to about 10 on, the, on that and then maybe taking the under at 40, you know, or excuse me, taking the over in this thing at about 45 and a half or so. I mean, if you can tease that that way, I think you got a real good chance there. Yeah, I, I'd I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise though, tough tough to really get involved because I think that's just that's it's a very good game, um, and, and one that, like I said, will definitely get a lot of a lot of my eyeballs despite what's going on at four o'clock. And let's get to those two, CJ. The first one, the SEC Championship, a little Dr Pepper flavor as well. On CBS, your dogs, Rackham, are six-and-a-half-point favorite against the number three-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban's bunch. The total, CJ, sits at 49-and-a-half. Where are you leaning here, man? I think you I know that, already, but...
0: This was tough, and here's, here's another West Virginia connection, obviously, with with, with Nick. And I have been one of those people in the past. I I don't bet against Saban. But. (laughs) But. But. This Georgia team has thoroughly (laughs) dominated all year. This is the kind of what they wanted. This is the moment. This is kind of the, well, not the crescendo, but this is a step towards that. And it's the big step towards it. And I just – I love the way this team has been playing d- offensively, defensively, uh, and and Alabama's kind of found a way to hang around. I mean, Auburn dominated for 59 minutes, <laughs> you right right? In 30 seconds. And you know, if the kid doesn't run out of bounds, you know – who knows? Who knows? You know, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um I just I, I like Auburn to come out um defensively. I think they're gonna give Bryce Young fits. And hey CJ,
1: you I know you meant Alabama. It's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just I, I expect Georgia to come out. Um they're gonna give Bryce Young fits. Um, and he's he's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. Um, and he's played you know fairly he's up well for the Heisman Trophy. So he's yeah. I mean he, he's played he's he's played really well, especially for a freshman. But just this Georgia team feels so different. Like this is it's got Kirby Smart's fingerprints all over it. They're winning on the defensive end. I know they're putting up over forty a game, but. They're just—they smother you on the defensive end. You have to earn everything, and I just this isn't this isn't a typical Nick Saban Alabama team.
1: I'd agree. See, like I said on like I said on the rankings podcast, if it wasn't Alabama's brand, they would not be ranked number three right now. But it's because it's Bama, they're still in that top top four. You know, I will say this: um, Georgia, while they've dominated this is still going to be the best team they've played by far. Um, And I think there's something to be said about that. And they really haven't had to play in a game since the game against Clemson in the opening weekend. They've kind of been able to skate through and cruise versus everybody else. If Alabama's able to hang, does that make it a little bit of a factor? Because Bama has played in some tough games, especially even the last two weeks. And they beat LSU in a tough one, like they're a little more battle tested than Georgia. Although Georgia's been dominant this year, so I think that is something to consider.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from on that. Um, you know, you know Georgia hasn't been in any of those you know tight contests. Bama's played in a bunch. Um, you know, does that maybe play a factor? It 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 could possibly, um, but I mean this is a very you know veteran laid Georgia team. I I don't necessarily think that bothers them. Um, but I mean at the same time, I don't know if I see this thing being really all that close.
1: See, and I, I CJ, I kind of agree with you on that, right? But at the same time, like. <sighs>
0: But at the same time, it's hard to say that because when's the last time you saw Nick Saban's team get absolutely curb stomped?
1: I mean, it's, I'm trying to remember maybe the Clemson national championship.
0: Yeah, maybe. And that only turned in because, you know, Dabo had onions, the size of boulders from Colorado for the onside kick.
1: Here's my thing, right? CJ. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, He was like Randy Marsh hauling those (laughs) bad boys around. Um, I look at it this way. Both these defenses stop the run, right? And do a good job of doing so. Yeah. Georgia runs the ball better on the season than Alabama does, but both these defenses are very elite against stopping the run. Georgia's secondary obviously is statistically better than Bama's, but Georgia is going to have a much tougher task against the Alabama passing game. And I think Georgia, you know, will present Alabama's secondary. Although I think Bennett can throw it around and has proven so this season. And those guys that he has, you know, to make those plays for him this year, the dogs have made plays all year. I don't think they have a true, true guy that I look at and say, man, he is the absolute stud here. Bowers is pretty good, especially in the red zone, but, I mean, can Nick Saban probably game plan and take away a freshman tight end? Yeah, I think he can. So then I think you got to look at it and say, you know, intangible-wise, have both these teams been in games? And I think that's why I'm starting to think more and more that Alabama might have a chance in this thing, CJ.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from on that. Here's the interesting thing, though. because Saban can, can game plan, you know, he's...
1: You know, he also knows Kirby, and Kirby he, knows him. There's no secrets here.
0: Yeah, there's no secrets here, and, I mean, Saban can be very Belichick-esque in taking away something that you like, um, and I just, I, I, I stare at this thing, and it's like, okay, well, you take Bowers away, okay, but what's made georgia really good in the passing game is is they they're not relying on the one guy the, they get it around to a bunch of other people and i think that in low could be the difference plus this is kind of i think the first right. time right. is
1: also very good too i mean yeah it's,
0: it's, and and this is the first time in real recent memory that Bama hasn't had a at least one locked down corner True. Somebody who can take away half of the field like they had with Patrick Sertain the second. they, they kind of lack that. And and oddly enough, you look at the Alabama defense and usually they've got like one guy at each level that you really have to pay attention to. And I'm not so sure that this team has that. I think it's more of a collective effort than, you know, the star linebacker, or the star corner, you know, and a couple of really good, you know, is, defensive linemen.
1: Hey CG, is it not fair to say though that, you know, in in Jamison in Jamison Williams and you know in in Mr. John Michie Michie you know man I struggle with that name but um that those two are the best playmakers on the field right and that bank, does Georgia have the corners to shut them down I would say yes but these are definitely the two best receivers they faced all year and I think it's the best quarterback they're going to face all year it would it, it just it concerns me if I'm Georgia. I think I would have rather played some games right now to know how I would react if I go down 14, nothing, which I don't think they will, but they could.
0: Yeah. That then that's going to be the, the interesting thing on this. And I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I have been high.
1: You, know, you have been absolutely. to this. I've been high on George all year. And, and I just, with, and with good I, reason, you know, and, and George is a great team, right? I mean, and, like, their ability to run – run. and sorry, CJ, i just got to get this out here real quick, and I want you to get back on it. But, I mean, George's ability to run the football with multiple guys, you know, and Cook and Zamir White obviously is, is great. But, man, it just concerns me. And, and, like, McIntosh is also very good. But, like, man, just – there's just something about – and maybe Georgia has that intangible this year. You know, and obviously, too, Alabama's office of mine struggled here of late, and I think that could be the huge difference because Georgia is going to get after you.
0: Yeah, Georgia's definitely going to get after you, and I just – I know what Saban's record against his former assistants is. It's just – Kirby's kind of different in that regard and that Kirby is very – a lot like Nick. He's not – If if anybody embodies the way Nick is and the way he recruits and and coaches, it's Kirby. And I just feel like they've been building to this for the last, you know, two or three years, and this is the moment Georgia plants the flag and says, bandless no more. domination of this conference is over.
1: Yeah, no more. Um, is this the year, right? I mean, I think that's just – in the end, that's all there is to it. Is this the year? Is this the time uh, that this thing happens? And I think, obviously, it'll be extremely fun to watch CJ. I I don't have a true strong feeling about the total. I mean, because I think both offenses are going to get in. Again, maybe not. I think Alabama's offensive line is concerning to me. Um, And that is why I continually keep going back to Georgia. But yet, like, don't you feel like Saban will find a way to slow it down and get it out of Bryce Young's hands quick enough to make enough plays? Like, I would think he would, right? Um, Man, it's going to be fun. That's going to be a – it's going to be a fun watch. And the more I talk about it and think about it, it's like, man, I'm probably not going to watch much of the Louisiana App State game as much as I thought I was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm geared up for this one. Um, the, yeah, my my day's definitely planned around this one. Just uh, the SEC title game is always usually really good, and it's it's usually a pretty decent matchup. Um, no, it's but, typically the best. Yeah, and, but I I I I've been waiting on this matchup all year. I,
1: I will say, I wish it was in prime time like last year. Um, this four o'clock also going up against the next game we're going to talk about kind of does disappoint me um but hey man I wish old Vern Daddy was calling this thing but Nestler and Danielson will have a have a great call you can get into this game by the way CJ for only 393 dollars so if you got that pocket change laying around drive down to Atlanta you can watch this thing gonna be awesome um in the end Georgia probably gonna be in the playoff regardless of what happens Bama playing for their playoff life cannot wait to see that that game and how it goes down also one other thing to think about the game is in the mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta so you know the dog's gonna have a little bit more of a home crowd than bama that's also something to think about yep so the other four o'clock game which is actually on a home field and that's the Cincinnati bearcats hosting old dana gonna sling around there with the cougs number 21 ranked houston Winners of 11 straight uh, going to Nippert. Ten and a half for the Bearcats at home. Win, and more than likely, you're going to be the first group of five team to ever play in the postseason. Total is 52 in the hook, CJ. What are you thinking?
0: I I, I like Cincinnati here, but I feel like ten and a half is kind of a big number. I agree with you. Because um, that, to me, is... A little disrespectful i think of you know how well houston's played um and cincinnati's found itself in some tight games here lately um you know i i like i said i, I like the bearcats to win to get to 13 and 0 um uh, to get to the cfp um but but i do like houston to cover that number um this is going to be a good one uh fickle dana um Ritter tune. I mean this, this this is this is gonna be a good one. um, but I think the the biggest difference to me is is Luke fickle, his teams tend to be just a little bit more buttoned up. Dana's has a history in these games of coaching of not exactly having his guy's as buttoned up, and I think that's gonna be the difference. He, I, I just he, I expect something to happen. That Houston makes just one of those boneheaded, stupid mistake plays that you've seen out of Dana teams in big moments, and it and it's going to bite again.
1: Yeah, I mean because we've definitely seen it bite bite in the past. Here's something that I think about CJ when I when I when I think about this game and look at it, Cincinnati, man, you can kind of run it on them, and Houston can run the football, and Toon has an ability to kind of make plays with his feet. And I think that will be enough to keep them under that 10 in the hook for sure. I'm not saying they win on the field. I think they can win on the field. Although in the end, man, I think Desmond Ritter maybe makes one last push to be like, hey, guys, I'm out here. I'm about to take a team to the playoff. I've only lost one game in two years. I make plays with my feet and I throw the football well. Um, How about me for the Heisman Trophy? Uh, this could be his statement game, and I cannot wait to watch this thing, CJ. Like I know it's funny because, like, man, why does that have to be on the same time as Bama, LH or Bama? Why does this game got to be on the same time as Bama, Georgia? You know what I mean? It just it it's it's difficult. Um, yeah, but it, it is, but it it is what it is. But
0: but hey, I mean, if you wanted to take you know the nice little three hour John up to Cincinnati, man, fifty one bucks get you into Nippert. <sighs> I'm not going to lie. You're thinking about it.
1: I would love to do that. <laughs> I, I, I would love to go to Cincinnati. And then, hell, the next day you, ta- you, you tack on a, a Chargers, uh, you know, Bengals game with Herbert versus Burrow. That'd be a great weekend of football. Yeah, um, it would
0: be. Now, here's my question. Have you actually ever been in Nippert? Oh, I've been in Nippert. Yes, okay. sir,
1: I have. One of the oldest and coolest stadiums around. They have the music building on that other side of the end zone. They can't they cannot do as much construction as they'd like because of that historic music building there. It's right up against the Shoemaker Center for Basketball. Yep. It's kind of a weird tailgate vibe though because you're in the city, but man it's got a really cool feel to it when they're good. It'll be rocking on Saturday. Oh
0: yeah, it, they'll it,
1: they'll play yeah. they used to play the uh, I'm on a boat jam for the student section there before the fourth quarter. It's a cool place and Brian Kelly, you know, made it got it to that level and Fickle kind of now finally picked it back up after the little bit of the lull there during the Tuber, Tuberville years.
0: Yeah, no, Nippert will be rocking. I'm with you. It is a very, very cool place. Uh, if anybody's listening has never, never been there... You um, need to go. It's one of the you, oldest places around, man. It's yeah, you need it. to go. It's, it is completely worth it. I'm, I And you are right. It does have kind of a funky, you know, tailgate feel because it is right there in downtown. Um, You know, my... That was my son's Timothy's first uh, football game and college football game in person. Um, You know, we walked from Cincinnati Children's down. It was like six blocks down. I mean, it's it's right there and it's but it is a cool little place. Uh, The fans are passionate. Um, They love their their Bearcats there. And, um, you know, don't don't wear anything with an X on it, though. You'll you'll get stuff thrown at you. (laughs) Um, Well, they don't have
1: a football team anymore, so. No, they
0: don't. But they still
1: hate. They're most famous for losing that game on the bootleg play to the herd after the uh, after the crash.
0: Yeah. So, but um, yeah, still not a whole lot of love lost between those two schools. Both
1: both of these guys, by the way, CJ are seven and five this year against the spread. Something to think about.
0: Yeah, which is which is kind of kind of funky. But I'm with you. I I think Houston's too good to get run out and to get beat by 11 or 12 um but i i do expect this thing to to probably finish probably around seven i think that would be the the, the number um well, and i think or, it's just gonna
1: or 10 cj because that hook gets people
0: all yeah the time. yeah i mean I, I could definitely see 10 because that hook will get you um but like i said I, i'm gonna trust the the coach who's a little more buttoned up in his approach um and fickle than i am with dana
1: I mean, really, you look at it; they're telling you thirty-one twenty-one is what. Which they're I can see.
0: I can yeah. definitely see that.
1: I mean, that's what they're saying by the, by and, what they put this number at.
0: Yeah, and thirty-one twenty-one also gets you the under.
1: Yeah, I think they want people to to take Cincinnati to cover, and I think they want people to take the over, and I think they're thinking thirty-one twenty Bearcats win it, and I don't think they're wrong.
0: I'd be be hard pressed to dis- disagree with you.
1: man, we could go into a lot more depth and detail in this game, CJ, but I feel like we've just been so heavy on some of these other ones now that, like, I do want to kind of wrap this thing up eventually here tonight. Um, I'll also say this, though, too, in this game. Cincinnati's going to have to run the football. If they don't, I think that could create some problems because I do think Houston defensively is good enough. And Cincinnati's been living on the edge here lately. I mean, they had three block kicks against ECU. You know, granted, Houston didn't play good at all in the first half against Connecticut. And also, let's think about this, too. Is Houston potentially a team of destiny in this league? When, when you win a game like they did against SMU with a 100-yard kickoff return, essentially at the gun, like, you're having a, a season that's just kind of out of this world to some extent. But then again, is Cincinnati also not a team of destiny? I mean, what they've been doing has been incredible. So, something's got to give Saturday.
0: Yeah, something's um, got to something's got to give. Um and I am not going to refer to this thing as the AAC title game. This is Big 12
1: 2.0. Oh, I like Big 12 2.0. I like it a lot. I wish you'd said that at the beginning. Before I, I, before I Yeah, I, went I know.
0: I, I should have cuz you know, as i was sitting here I'm like, wait, both of these teams are headed to the Big 12. This is basically, you know, Big 12 semifinal
1: essentially. Well, <laughs> it's a Big 12 semifinal this year. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see when they get into the to the meat and potatoes of the Big 12, how this thing goes, although both deserve a ton of credit and happy to see that the newcomers in the Big 12 are doing so well as they're leaving the American um, going to be fun at Nippert, man. Let's get to the eight o'clockers real quick here. First things first, we'll get the ACC because it's just kind of a, it's a fun game. Well, not a game that I'm totally enthralled to watch just because of who's in it. Yeah. Um, on one side of it in particular. Going to be at Bank of America Stadium. I love the ACC Championship in Charlotte, CJ. I've been uh, back in the day when Clemson-Miami played, when it was all about the U and, and turnover chain, and Clemson ran him out of the building. Great atmosphere. Wake Forest will show up in droves. Pitt, eh, maybe not. We'll see. Should be fun to see Kenny Picker versus Sam Hartman. Um, the total in this game is 71. Pitt is a three-point favorite. Give me the Deacons as the dog plus the three. And honestly, buddy, I think you got to take the under in this game because I think the defenses will do just enough in a championship-style environment to where you just come under it.
0: Yeah, I- I'm with you because 71 is just a little too high for me in the total. Um, and this one's tough. Um Wake has kind of limped into the finish line here, um, three and two over their last five. You know, Pitt four and one,
1: but Pitt did not look great last week in the first half, especially. Yeah, Pitt, I mean, Pickett should have thrown a pick in that in the in the game, essentially clinching touchdown pass against Virginia. They won in, a, in that driving rainstorm against North Carolina, which was interesting. They lost to Miami to kind of spoil what we thought was going to be a great year for them. Wake got ran by Clemson, right? And they lost a crazy game in North Carolina. And then they beat North Carolina State in a wild one. And then they got back on track against BC. So, like, I don't see either one of them is totally limping. I think they're both limited in terms of that they both, mm, I don't think, are great on the defensive side of the football. But, man, I do think that... If Pitt can run the ball well, that that gives them a big advantage against Wake Forest uh, because that that re- that rush defense for the Deeks man giving up two hundred ten yards a game, and if they're able to run it and then they can get it thrown with Pickett, yeah, that's going to be a big deal.
0: Yeah, because if they have to commit extra down in the box to stop the run, I mean, now you're just opening the the door for for Pickett and those wide receivers to. To have a day, um, Jordan Addison, um, as a sophomore, has just been phenomenal for them.
1: Um, and <laughs> that, don't and, don't forget about your boy At Perry on the other side of the field though, as a sophomore for Wake either. So yeah, mm-hmm. he,
0: he's played well. I, I think this one's going to be a pretty good game. I, I think it's. I think the offenses are going to play well. I think the defenses are going to do just enough to keep you on that
1: under. Um, man, the more and more you look at it, maybe not.
0: Yeah, maybe not, but I still feel like 71 is a little high.
1: Yeah, Um, like somebody wins like 37 33. Yeah.
0: um, But I'm going to take Wake simply on principle. Well, on principle. And then it's to me, it's going to be more of a home game for them. Their fans are going to travel. It's not that far from Winston-Salem. Pitt's fans don't even travel at home to see him play. They can't so. even travel
1: across the city. Yeah,
0: um, so give me wake on on principle alone.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. CJ uh, Pitt will have the, the, the probably the you know they'll be rocking that that script mustard and and kind of faded blue uni, which is a good look. I got to give him credit for that. Um, but man. I'm with you. I, I like Wake as a dog. They're closer. I like Hartman a little more. And Pitt's secondary is, is very susceptible. And if Hartman doesn't turn the ball over, um, they got a lot to play for. Uh, I mean, it, like you said, the winner of this game is going to get a berth, and that's the only one that's going to get a berth. Hopefully, Wake continues to have that truest magic like we talked about earlier in the year. Even though they're not at truce, they're still in the state of North Carolina. Maybe that'll be enough. Let's get to the big one in the Big Ten, though. CJ, number two Michigan, number thirteen Iowa. Iowa going to be playing for a chance to go to the Big Ten title game. Michigan playing for a chance to win, obviously the conference, but to be in the playoff and uh, would be huge for Harbaugh coming off the big win against Ohio State to then kind of parlay that in with the opportunity to play in the uh, in the final in the final four. Man, that's pretty sick. Um, An eleven favorite are the wolverines this game is being played at lucas oil down there in indianapolis the total is 43 in the hook cj you can get into the game for 242 bones uh if you so choose to do so give me your take here buddy i think you know exactly where i'm going with this thing but uh i want to hear what you have to say first
0: yeah um and we've this line actually moved um a little bit. It was ten and a half to open at Michigan, now up to eleven. <clears throat> I I kind of am leaning towards Iowa to cover. I don't think they win, but to cover, um, simply just uh, Kirk Ferentz is is a hell of a coach. Um, I feel like he's going to have his guys ready to play. Now, granted, I think they've been. All smoke and mirrors all year, um, but I don't know. I just I I think they're going to be amped up. Um, I I think they're going to give Michigan a good game. I think they're going to throw everything at Michigan that they possibly have. Um, now, Michigan, I th- see, and here's the thing is because I I wanted and I could also see Michigan winning this thing by two touchdowns just because of their physicality, and you saw that you know last Steve. week.
1: cj that i think that's where i'm leaning buddy i think the physicality of michigan gets him in the end because of i just don't think i was able to really truly run the football and i do think michigan can although Iowa defensively could shut him down and then that makes it a lot more interesting and then that's how iowa can win it because then it becomes a smoke and mirrors game and nobody's better than smoke and mirrors this year than iowa
0: yeah. And it's almost kind of one of those things where, you know, Iowa hangs and it can their defense, you know, force a mistake out of Michigan. You know, it, it's, it's to me, this could be one of those interesting games. This, if this thing ends up in kind of that funky Big Ten slobber knock like staring contest, like who blinks first, um, you know, can Iowa State defensively slow that run game down, you know, maybe force McNamara into maybe not a stupid decision, but a decision under duress.
1: Right. And decision you know, under duress could could be enough for Iowa to find a way. I mean, think about how they won last week, right? A block punt, a safety, a couple turnovers there from a backup quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, would it shock you Iowa wins this thing because of a special teams play? I I don't necessarily think that would shock me.
1: I, I will say it would shock me because I do think Michigan is on a mission, CJ. Yeah, like we well, about I, with
0: yeah, I mean, Michigan's definitely the better team here. But, I mean, like I said, if this gets down into one of those staring contests and who blinks first. Uh,
1: it, I just – just... I don't think it – I will say this. I don't think it's a staring contest because you look at – I mean, Iowa in their last five, right? Yeah, they're in the other 4-0 and in the last four. They lost again the to Wisconsin. 17 points against Northwestern, 27-22 versus many. They had a 10 point game with Illinois. They've found a way to beat Nebraska on the road. I mean, they just haven't been a team that strikes a lot of fear in anybody. They don't necessarily throw the ball well. So then that doesn't make Michigan have to worry about that. Michigan can throw it a little bit better. And I was a little more susceptible on the back end than they obviously are against the run. Michigan makes enough plays. They continue to kind of ground and pound at you as long as they don't make mistakes. And I think that's why I really, really lean the under in this game, even with it only being 43-and-a-half, because I think Michigan and Iowa both will try and play real close to the vest. And I think Michigan even will, too, because they know, okay, if we don't make mistakes, they can't beat us. And I think they'll make enough plays and continue to ground and pound with Haskins that they do get it done and just that physicality will pop out on the screen, whereas Goodson hasn't had as great of a year as Haskins has, and I think I really trust McNamara at quarterback a lot more than I trust Petrus.
0: <clears throat> no, and, I, and I'd agree with that. And and the amazing thing is, is in some of these games that we've talked, you know, kind of throughout the year, you know, it's, you know, and we talked about it with Georgia, like in a close game, does, does maybe that benefit Alabama because Georgia hasn't played in one. This one, both of these teams have done it all year. Like they've been in tight games. Like Absolutely. So- you know who who gets the the fortuitive bounce, if you will um you know and and that's the one thing is I'd hate to see this game be be close and it come down to just you know that oblong thing takes a funky bounce like to me, that's see,
1: a unfair i I will say this <laughs> c j though I think Michigan is just better physically and playing at a higher level right now than Iowa is, I think Iowa needs that funky bounce to go their way to make it happen. I think Michigan doesn't need it, but Michigan, unlike Georgia, has been in some games where they've had to find ways to win, like Penn State, like earlier in the season, actually, versus Rutgers, for crying out loud. Nebraska on the road early, they also did. Now, they also lost one like that, and then you have the game that they you know just played, probably the best game they've played, in the big house in years against Ohio state, which like you said, there is a little bit of a letdown factor there coming into this one, but there is still an opportunity with so much at stake. I don't think Jim rocking those khakis with an enthusiasm known to mankind who has it better than them. Drink your milk. You know, Michigan is going to be ready to play. Those guys showed it last week. I think they'll have that same mission and they will put it on the Hawkeye. CJ, I think rather big, I'll go with Michigan to win this thing, maybe like 28 to 10.
0: And, and that gets you the cover. And here, here's kind of the interesting number. In, in the 12 games this year, do you know what Michigan's record against the spread is?
1: 10 to two, buddy. I've read them two. hard all year, my friend. That
0: That is kind of kind of insane. And so it's kind of like, wow, okay. Like, and like I said, I, I could see Michigan winning this thing handily, but I could also see Iowa finding a way to kind of be in this thing late with an opportunity if they can make a play to maybe shock the world. But I just I'm, – I'm with you. I don't see it. I think Michigan's just a better team. They're more physical. Um, They're a little more dynamic offensively than Iowa is. Iowa just um, doesn't
1: do anything well offensively. No, yeah. they don't and, and they, if Michigan they, doesn't beat themselves, they won't beat them.
0: Yeah. Iowa offensively is kind of death by a thousand paper cuts. They just kind of nickel and dime you to death and find ways. It it's really weird. Um it it's that three yards in a cloud of dust thing. And I'm not sure it how it might current... be more
1: like it might be more like a yard in a cloud <laughs> of dust and then a penalty, and then like let's hope for pray for a turnover.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually going to end up being the key. Um, can Michigan? Can Michigan come out? Michigan.
1: Michigan plays clean. Right. They will absolutely win this game.
0: Correct. Yeah. Just don't don't have dumb penalties at the wrong time. Play clean, and you're fine. But you know, we we've witnessed it as West Virginia fans. Sometimes, man, uh, an ill timed penalty at the wrong time can can cost you.
1: <laughs> it really can, CJ. It really can. Um, I, I will say this, I, Michigan doesn't doesn't seem to have that problem with penalties. They don't seem to have that problem with turnovers. They're more physical than Iowa. They're able I, – I, I will say this, Iowa, if they have a chance, they're going to have to run the football. Michigan's been getting better at run defense all year. That's Iowa's one chance. Break a couple big ones potentially on the ground, kind of catch Michigan getting panicked if you could find a way to get up on them. That's the only way. And I don't see it happening, despite Kirk Ferentz being the longest tenured coach in America.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with you. Um, like I said, I would not be shocked to see Michigan thoroughly dominate this thing and, and win easily. Um, you know, but on the other side, I, I could see Iowa finding a way uh, to keep this close. This this is one I would I, – I, I'm with you. I like the under on it, but as far as picking – Aside and uh, against the spread, I not no hell no.
1: <sighs> I, CJ ten and two versus spread. I like I like the Wolverines. We might even play a little hail to the victors right now. Yep, there it is, the best fight song in all college football, CJ. It's the same
0: exact thing they play in South Bend, just an octave higher.
1: Well, I do like it, and it's just a little (laughs) bit – I like it with the amazing blue. Those helmets are are badass, too. I I just like Jim Harbaugh. Maybe I'm – you know what? I'm man enough to admit I'm a closet Michigan fan, whereas you are not man enough to admit you're on Ryan Day's side. Um, Brother, going to be a fantastic weekend. I cannot wait to watch it go down. And then we back here Sunday talking about the rankings, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to to where those come out, see kind of where the other bulls fall, uh, oh, see where the Mountaineers get invited to. And
1: well, Oh, absolutely. And one last thing here before we get, you know, before we sign off your final four right now.
0: My final four right now. Uh, or, or, it, or what
1: do you think it'll be at the end of the, at when the dust settles, what it should say.
0: The, yeah. When the dust settles, um, I think it's going to be Georgia, Michigan,
1: Oklahoma State, Cincinnati in that order. Okay, so you're so you're having Georgia play Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, because I just uh, I, I don't see the committee moving Cincinnati to that three line if Oklahoma State has the win
1: over over I, Baylor. I agree with you, CJ. I. think... I've got a weird feeling about that Georgia-Bama game. The more and more I look at it, the more and more I think something could happen there. Although, it's hard to pick against what the dogs are doing in that offensive line. I'll go Georgia number one. I'll then pencil in Michigan number two emphatically. I'll also take Oklahoma State three. And then... Uh, I'm not going to buck the trend. I'll go Cincinnati for we talk too much about football, man. We're starting to think a little like, which scares me because I've seen your record and pick them this year. (laughs) Hey, we'll throw those picks up as well for you guys on the website. You guys have a great weekend watching college football. We'll come back and talk to you Sunday till next time. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money.
0: Talking money, then you're talking, don't matter. Ching, ching, bling, bling, patting pockets. We take the dollar, dollar, can a damn soul stop?